Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the first chapter of Steadying the Ark by Rebecca K. Jones. It's read by local actor Shauna Dolan. Steadying the Ark was published by Bella Books in March of 2022. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. When Mackenzie Wilson's work phone rang at 2 o'clock a.m. that Tuesday, the lithe blonde was fitfully awake. She was stretched out on the couch, making her way through a three-week buildup of reality programs on the TiVo and sipping an angry orchard hard cider. She had finished a big trial the previous Thursday, and the Tucson jury was still deliberating. After seven years, the assistant district attorney still couldn't get a full night's sleep while waiting for a verdict. That night was no different. While watching TV, Mac had been idly flipping through a police report on a pair of home invasions in the neighborhood less than a mile from her condo. The police suspected the burglaries were sexually motivated, but as far as Mac could tell, they had no hard evidence to support that theory. They certainly didn't have a suspect, and she wasn't even sure why they'd bothered to send her the report this early in the investigation. The phone rang again. She sighed, hit the pause button on the TiVo, pulled the phone out of her gray Arizona State sweatpants pocket, and tossed the reports on her table. No caller ID was shown on the screen, which meant it was probably a cop. Unfortunately, she had drawn the short straw and was the on-call sex crimes attorney that week. In addition to waiting out her deliberating jury, she could get called at any moment on a breaking case. This is Sex Crimes, ADA Wilson. Hey, Mac. A familiar baritone voice said, This is David Barton. She had known and worked with Dave, a sergeant with Tucson Police Department's Special Victims Squad, since she had started working sex crimes five years ago. Mac liked and respected him and his detectives. If Dave was calling at 2 o'clock a.m., it was serious. Oh, hey, Dave, what's up? I'm sorry to bother you, he said, sounding tired. But I, I need you to come out to a scene I've got going. Mac was surprised. One of the first advantages to working sex crimes, as opposed to homicides or gang cases was that there were almost never active scenes. It was extremely rare for police to ask for a prosecutor's presence during a new investigation, especially so late at night. This is the first time she'd gotten such a request. The fact that it came from a trusted colleague, a big, gruff long-timer who hated these calls himself, caused her to shiver involuntarily. About two hours ago, he continued in a monotone, we got a call that a naked kid wandered into the Circle K. Mac heard someone asking the officer something. Sorry, uh, hang on a sec, Mac. It was hard to hear Dave clearly, but there was excited conversation in the background. Within seconds, she heard a car door slam, and the noise died down. That's better, he said. He coughed. <clears throat> the clerk thought the girl looked to be about 11 or 12. She tried asking for her name, phone number, anything, but the kid wouldn't say Jack. 
Mac had a hundred questions already, but tried to be patient. After another pause, she heard Dave sigh. When he spoke again, he sounded sad. She's dirty and bloody, so we're going to have to take her in for an exam and try to interview her. Try? She asked. Tucson's forensic interviewers were known as some of the best in the country, and Mac had never seen a kid they couldn't get talking. Mac, he said with a tremor in his voice, she hasn't said one word since we got here. Not to anyone. This is totally beyond anything I've ever seen. That's why I wanted you in on the ground floor on this one. I didn't just call the on-call phone. I called you. She sighed. Her couch was warm and her sweats were comfortable, but Dave was appealing to her professional instincts. She promised to meet him in 20 minutes as she shuffled toward her bathroom. The convenience store wasn't far from her condo in the foothills north of the city, and there was unlikely to be traffic at that hour. Mac traded her sweats for jeans, an Oxford shirt, a sweater, and a fleece jacket. In the first week of January, Mac shivered every time she left the house. After years in Tucson, her blood had warmed, and Mac didn't know how she'd ever survived living in New Hampshire during her undergrad years at Dartmouth. She swept her blonde hair into a messy ponytail and grabbed a Burberry scarf from the hook near the door. She shoved on a pair of battered black Converse All-Stars. She didn't bother with makeup or checking the mirror. Even bare-faced, she would be the freshest-looking person on the scene. When she eased her beat-up old Saab 93 into the parking lot of the Circle K and saw the flashing red and blue lights, she knew she had the right place. There were three marked and two unmarked police cars and an ambulance. Before she could get the door open, Dave appeared at her window. He wore a standard-issue bulletproof vest over a hooded sweatshirt and black cargo pants, and the Tucson police baseball cap covered his shaved head. There's something else too, Mac, he said, bouncing lightly on the balls of his feet as she hauled herself off the bucket seat. Mac groaned. She took her glasses off and rubbed her eyes. There was always something else with cops, and it was never good. Dave led her across the lot to the ambulance, its doors open revealing a female EMT sitting next to a stretcher on which a little girl sat, pale face, streaked with dirt and lined with tear tracks. Her short blonde hair was in disarray, matted with twigs. She looked like she couldn't have been older than nine or ten. Certainly not twelve, as Dave had said. She was draped in a sterile blanket, so Matt couldn't tell if she was still naked, but at least she knew that any evidence on the kid's body would be preserved for collection during the medical exam. Dave hung back as Mac walked closer, and the girl looked at her inquisitively with large hazel eyes. Mac smiled at her. Hi, she said softly. My name's Mac. What's your name? The kid continued to stare without speaking. Where are your mommy and daddy? Mac asked. No response. Gently, Mac tried a couple more times asking how she got there, where she went to school, and when was her birthday. Each attempt was met with the same silent stare, and finally she gave up and walked back to Dave. 
So what's the deal? Mac asked. She's mute? Deaf? We don't know yet, he said, taking his cap off and rubbing his head. But watch this. He walked toward the ambulance. As he approached, it was like he'd flipped an invisible switch. As soon as he got within five feet, the kid started screaming. When he backed up, she stopped. He walked back to Mac. She does that whenever a man gets close. Women, they can get right up next to her, can touch her even, no problem. But a man so much as comes near her, and she wails like a banshee. Between the silence and the shriek, Mac fully understood Dave's earlier comment about how hard it would be to interview the girl. Whatever happened to this kid, she was badly traumatized. This reading of Steadying the Ark was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. You can learn more about the author on her website, RebeccaKJonesWrites.com. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. Even a dollar a month can make a difference, and we could really use your support. Watch for even more great perks coming soon for our patrons. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode and subscribe to our podcast newsletter for bonus content. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery.